Welcome to the Comic Sauce Podcast, where we talk comics and comics culture. I am Henry Liu, and today I am once again joined by Porfirio Rangel. Porfirio, how are you doing? I'm doing really good, Henry. Just trying to survive the heat down here in SoCal, but I'm glad to be here talking with you. Right on. I'm also joined by Christian Diadamo. Christian, how are you? How's it going, Henry? I'm also doing well and also surviving the heat. Good, good. All right. You can join us on social media at Comic Sauce Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Today is August 12th, 2021. And today we're going to talk about the Suicide Squad, not to be mistaken with the 2016 Suicide Squad. This is the new one. This is the 2021 The Suicide Squad. So we're going to get into it. Spoiler alert. We will get into plot points, etc. So you have been warned. And I think we are in agreement that we have a lot to say about this movie. This was... uh, (laughs) This is something else. This is a pretty bonkers movie. Yeah, uh, we did see it together through a Zoom session last week. Uh, so that was fun. I got to experience it together, have a little chat about the movie afterwards. Um, but yeah, so much to talk about here, right? Um, mm-hmm. At this point, we do have a DC diehard in the house. So we thought it would be cool to let Christian lead the way. So Christian, you can take it away. All right. Thank you, Henry. So let's talk about the Suicide Squad. Yeah. So um, I think first let's just... Yeah, emphasize (laughs) on the Suicide Squad. Yes. (laughs) Or Suicide Squad 2, Electric Boogaloo. (laughs) So I'd say let's start off with our general impressions um henry why don't you start yeah you know as long as you're talking about the title i was just kind of curious about that like is that a good title because there's just the uh, there was just a suicide squad movie five years ago right so the only change in title is the right should they have called it something different suicide squad two or suicide squad colon something i don't know it it seems kind of weird that it's named almost exactly the same what do you guys think i was just gonna say like i think it i i like i dig the 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 (laughs) word the in it like it just makes it more funny it's like no it's not suicide squad it's the Suicide Squad, like it just a more like <laughs> emphasis on it. Like, don't mess it up. This is the big project, you know. Yeah, yeah, I kind of like that. You know, the more I think about it, it's sort of a, a funny statement. It's telling the world, oh, that other one, that that was just garbage. This is the one. <laughs> you know, this is the Suicide Squad, <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah, like it, the movie kind of exists in this like kind of middle ground between sequel and reboot where it yeah. acknowledges that the first one happened. It brings over some of the same characters, but 
it, it really tries to make it its own thing. It, this is a different story. This is a new Suicide Squad. You don't have to watch the old one to do it. And like the first, they kind of go over what of what the concept of the Suicide Squad is in like the first few minutes, like really, really quickly. Is like Amanda Waller just quickly says, "Okay, you know the drill. You do the mission. Ten years off your sentence. And that that's kind of it. Go." Yeah. And so, like, I think that's why they they called it the because they didn't want it. They didn't want people to think, oh, you got to watch this movie, which happens to be one of the worst superhero movies ever made, in order to to get this movie. Just you and you guys probably all know who Harley Quinn is, and you know what what's going on with her. So you can go into this movie almost completely blind. And so, if you do want to watch Suicide Squad. To get the fuller picture, there might be there's some things brought over you might enjoy, or like little references. But I think the movie mostly works with with that title of the. It is a little confusing saying it in sentence, and I think in conversation, you just yeah. have to emphasize it, the. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. So w- what did you guys think of the Suicide Squad? <laughs> Good question. Yeah, sorry, I kind of hijacked the question, but uh, oh, that's all good. Yeah, I did have some some initial thoughts. Um, I really like the pacing of the movie. You guys already alluded to it, but it really hits the ground running, where it doesn't waste any time with boring explanations. It's just boom. You're right. You're right in the thick of it right away. They're doing the mission. And you you know what's happening, and there's just no there, there's there's no there's really no no slow part to start with, and and I guess for the whole movie it's there's really no slow parts essentially. Uh, so yeah, I like the the pacing of it. Um, another big thing for me was the movie is really funny. It's hilarious, you know. Um, well. We'll probably get into this. Uh, we'll probably get into this a little later um, because inevitably there's going to be a Guardians of the Galaxy comparison to this movie because it's the same director, um, and I think they are totally different movies. It's almost like apples to oranges. But I will say this: you know, if you enjoyed Guardians of the Galaxy because you thought it was hilarious. This movie is as funny, at least as funny as the Guardians of the Galaxy movie uh, and the sequel. So um, yeah, it's it's comedically it it really it, it's it's a hit. Yeah, going going off what you just said, Henry, I think like that these two movies, like Suicide Squad, was like it's funny, like The Simpsons, and then The Suicide Squad is just as funny because it takes it a little step further um sorry not suicide squad not the og the guardians of the galaxy is what i meant like it's more kid friendly can't be funny and then the suicide squad just takes it like a step further and gives a lot more adult humor and dark humor stuff yeah yeah um i'd laughed a lot in this movie i really enjoyed it had a lot of fun with it um i think one thing about the jokes that I really liked is that um, 
they kind of set a lot of big jokes up like 30 minutes to an hour before they actually pay off and yeah there's a lot of and and so because of that they they have that like because it's so delayed i found it that much funnier and it feels like a natural it almost feels like a natural plot development like the humor's based around the characters and the plot being humorous rather than just quick one-off gags or references which is also good and has its place but i think uh seeing the the humor done this way kind of gave this the movie its kind of unique feel and like overall we were talking before i ended up just watching it again a couple days later because i enjoyed watching it so much i i really like this movie (laughs) nice um but i guess probably before we get too deep into the movie so let's let's talk about the history behind this movie how it got made and james gunn and everything that happened because it is a quite a long story and it happened uh maybe when did this happen like 2017 when he got fired from marvel it may be a little after yeah right? it was a little after was, that guardians yeah guardians 2. guardians 2 came out that year so it was, a, it was a little ways after that but um not not that long after or after guardians 2 though like he he was definitely prominent like he was he was right in that high of Guardians 1 and 2 when this firing happened. I remember it was shocking. Like, a lot of people were shocked about the firing. Yeah. So, what happened? I guess what happened, because, you know, we kind of went through a decade and a year, easy to forget. But back, or say, around 2018, 2019, uh, there were some tweets dug up of James Gunn from about 10 years or so before. Or he joked about something a little too inappropriate. Um, I think it might, uh, I I don't really remember what it was at this point, but um, basically the, the it causes big controversy, and he got fired from Disney, and they were gonna give Guardians three to somebody else, and so DC looks at this and thinks, hey, why don't you come make a movie for us? We'll like we'll just give you just the characters, just pick whoever you want and just go, because of course with thus or with the first Suicide Squad, you could really tell that the studio really wanted to emulate his style because it shortly after Guardians, and they really wanted that kind of movie, um, which to the chagrin of David Iyer, who made a different movie which they ended up recutting and reshooting to make Suicide Squad. And so they figure, hey, let's just get the you know, let's just bring in James Gunn and make make the movie we kind of wanted to make the first time. And of course, um the going back to Disney Marvel, uh a lot of the actors that that worked on Guardians of the Galaxy petitioned and really fought to bring James Gunn back, and eventually James Gunn was brought back to brought back to Disney Marvel and is going to direct Guardians Three. And so, I guess in the at the end of the day, kind of gets to do both. But who know who knows what it's like uh, politically o- over there, especially now, now that he's been fired. But it seems like here he really got to make 
a movie he wanted to make. They really highlighted the fact that this was a James Gunn film. And so, um, it's all, uh, we were talking earlier, it, it's pretty new to the movie world uh, as far as Disney or Disney Marvel and WB slash DC go, where one director jumps ship. I think we said this is the first time that any any director had done that. Or, But, of course, in the comic world, this is something we've seen plenty of times before. With uh, <laughs> Steve, as we were just saying, Steve Ditko, uh, Jack Kirby, and Jim Lee. So, what do you guys think about this whole situation that transpired to get this movie made? And the, the story kind of behind how it was made. Yeah, this is pretty fascinating. It's the unlikeliest of origin stories for this movie. I mean, it, it really is a case where if Gunn had not been fired by Disney, this movie probably doesn't get made, you know? Um, and when I say that, you know, maybe another director would have made The Suicide Squad. But I'm saying this movie, the movie we saw doesn't get made. The James Gunn Suicide Squad movie doesn't get made. Right. I, I, it just doesn't happen. Right. Because if he's if he's still with Disney the whole time, he's like head down, like, let's go. Guardians three. Right. Guardians three probably gets uh, released a lot earlier than the current schedule. Right. Maybe. uh Maybe it would have come out by now. <laughs> it's just such a crazy, you know, crazy thing. We're, we're talking about the, the Marvel multiverse. Like, well, maybe there's a timeline out there where James Gunn didn't get fired and it just would have like had this ripple effect. You know, the Suicide Squad isn't made and uh, the whole Marvel slate of movies is just is changed. Right. Um, maybe uh, it, 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 it uh, has already completed principal photography and is about to about to release you know who knows right all kinds of possibilities uh but the fact of the matter is yeah he was fired he did choose to direct the suicide squad and you know i think uh superhero movie fans like us uh really benefit because we get we get both we get the suicide squad and guardians of the galaxy volume three from james gunn right so uh, it's a win-win from that perspective. Uh, one last thought on this. Um, that was a great recap of like the whole situation, Christian. Um, but just a couple other tidbits. I just looked it up. It was 2018 when James Gunn was fired. So it was like a, just a year after Guardians, Guardians 2. So like I said, James Gunn was riding high. Um, everyone was loving him, right? And then boom, he gets fired. And um, the other thing I wanted to add was uh, his firing had a lot to do with none other than Donald Trump, because he had made some anti-Trump comments. And because of those comments, um, some alt-right knuckleheads ended up digging up these old tweets, right? Um, the tweets were always there, right? Um, but it was it was sort of brought to light by these uh, these alt right uh, fuckers, you know, and um, even even that just adds to the whole weirdness of of this movie's origin story, right? Because um, 
I'm saying uh, the firing led to this movie. You could argue that indirectly Donald Trump himself led to the creation of the Suicide Squad, right? I mean, it's just, it's just nuts. The, the further you dig into this, just the weirder it gets, right? Uh, so it's really odd. And yet something in movies you don't see that often. Like, you know, you hear about a lot of weird stuff going on with movies and how movies get, how movies get made. Uh, but this this is up there in terms of weird movie origins. You know, this is really up there. Uh, like we've been saying with comics, um, this isn't that strange where we have creators jumping ship, particularly the Marvel to DC jumping ship thing. Um, not too common with movies, but in comics, it, it's, it's happened a lot historically. And that's interesting, too, because um, that that's... Uh, that that's that's a pretty compelling story right there yeah the whole like marvel dc side of it we haven't seen that a whole lot directors playing both sides uh so th this whole saga is is just fascinating the, the movie itself super interesting we have i think we've got a lot to talk about um but just just the behind the scenes stuff almost as interesting to me just just a whole a whole saga here yeah, um, I totally forgot about that bit about Donald Trump and his Trump comments. Yeah, well, that. But it, I guess it may, they were they tried to do like a, they wanted to cancel him. Mm hmm. Yep. That's exactly but it. I guess something on the history of James Gunn. I guess at the, I don't know if he made these at the time, but um, he got to start um, like with a company called Troma, and they did a lot of. They're known for the Toxic Avenger. Like very B movie, very sleazy kind of movies, over the top, and like I think like I think that fills in a like very quirky, very wacky, very like in your face. Uh, I almost want to call it like kind of South Park esque kind of type of humor. Um, and so like I think that definitely is something that kind of. It kind of shapes James Gunn, and you kind of see with his personality and the way his movies, how he likes to really go over the top, likes to bring a lot of real wacky and quirkiness. And I think uh, maybe because of everything that happened, I think DC may have just told him to go, just just, just go full James Gunn, and we'll, we're just going to like promote that as part of the movie itself. Like bring in some of that old trauma cheese into the equation. Yeah, that's an interesting comment. I didn't know about the trauma background. Uh, that, that's pretty interesting because um, a lot of people were shocked when they read those old tweets um, because this is the guy who made hit Disney movies, right? He made the beloved Guardians of the Galaxy movies, right? Um, and from that perspective, yeah, it was, it was a little off-putting. But if you really knew about his background and trauma and and just sort of like edgy comedy um the tweets are kind of more in line with with that james gunn right and very interestingly the 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 offensive tweets james gunn is the james gunn who kind of showed up for the suicide squad right like that that's the brand of humor in this movie uh arguably like you know maybe maybe not that offensive um 
but uh, I, yeah, like I'll stick with that. Like that brand of humor was, showed up, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I kind of came full circle. And um, yeah, I, I, I find James Gunn to be a pretty interesting filmmaker. And, um, and uh, yeah, I, I dig his stuff. Like I, I really like his sense of humor and I think he's really talented. So I'm just, I'm, I'm on board. Mm-hmm. There really is like a sense of style with his movies. Yeah. Like this really does feel like, even though it's a big budget Hollywood superhero film, it feels like a B movie in a sense. Like you have, you know, let's say like the Snyder Cut is your A movie and this is your Grindhouse B movie, yeah. so to speak, as far as like the last two DC movies to come out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you kind of nailed it there. Like Gunn is able to to sort of uh, operate on both levels like he he can he can handle budget you know he, he can handle spectacle and um and just big epic stories but he has like this indie slash b movie sensibility sensibility to him uh so uh you know, he, he, the characters can be really out there. He can he can have a character like Rocket Raccoon and and make him like relatable, right? Uh, so yeah, he he's got he's got a gift there. Yeah. So uh, um, let's say yeah, let's 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 get into this movie. Let's start talking about it. Yeah. And so um, I think let's see as far as like one one thing that i think really stuck out to me is honestly like the fir- the first act of the movie before the title credit scene i think that's probably one of the best parts of the movie it sets the stage for the entire movie it sets up an entire cast that it pretty much just kills off in the first the first act um and so i've been talking about it i guess i don't think we've said it before so i'll say now spoilers uh for the entire yes. movie and so what did you what did you guys think of that that first act with where they get an entire team together and storm the beach? I I think the first act was okay, it was really shocking. It was just kind of like, okay, so this is the new crew that we're we're gonna be um watching and all of a sudden like <laughs> like yeah, like the first five, ten minutes, like basically almost everybody's killed. And I'm just like, oh my god! Like I, I, I was just laughing, like I was just in shock. I was just like, oh my gosh, this is awe-inspiring. Um, but then after that, you know, you kind of learn that there's a whole new other Suicide Squad that you know it's run by um, Bloodsport and Peacemaker, and uh. And then kind of learning like their backstory. I kind of like how this movie just like was like, okay, let's not spend like an hour and a half learning each character's backstory. Let's just like, like I think like what Henry said earlier, like um, Amanda Walker, she walks in and she's just like, okay, you know the drill. Like you get uh, time, time reduced. If you join the squad, do what you're supposed to do. Don't go, don't veer off the mission or else you die. And it was straight up like cold cut, like A, B, C, D, instead of like this whole long ass explanation like that we got in the, in the first film. And I think it, 
paid off really good. It was just really well done. Yeah, that beginning was something else. It was definitely pretty shocking. I, I knew that Gunn was going to kill off characters because, like, I, I had heard about it somewhere. But it, it, it was still shocking, you know. Um, so there, there were characters that were already developed that he killed off right away you know like in the in the plane ride over we were kind of getting to know these characters and boom they're just they're just dead which is pretty amazing um and also like some pretty prominent actors you know uh jai courtney played captain boomerang reprising his captain boomerang role from the previous suicide squad he dies early on um we got Michael Rooker as Savant and Sean Gunn, James Gunn's own brother as Weasel. Both of them are killed off. I mean, these guys are in the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Uh, they're beloved characters, Yondu and, um, you know, Sean, Sean Gunn is, is the, the onset uh, rocket, right? And, and, you know, they're dead right away. Uh, so I, I love what, what, uh, what they did here. Um, like like a lot of shock value definitely and um pretty unexpected you know uh, i i didn't know that um there's this whole other part of the suicide suicide squad like on the other side of the island that were like the real uh main characters of the story right so uh pretty 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 great storytelling uh there right right from the get-go mm -hmm. like there's a character that that totally doesn't even make it like to the beach, uh, and I think uh, one scene I laughed pretty hard at was Weasel drowning. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and of course you have Amanda Waller looking completely stone faced at what's going on. Yeah, <laughs> and, and so on a, they check if this guy could swim. Um, another another great actor they bring on and kill immediately is Nathan Fillion as. TDK, That's the right. detachable kid, <laughs> yeah. in a very funny sequence where he detaches his arms just to slap the guards with assault rifles. Yep. And um, I think the the comedian Pete Davidson as Blackguard uh, dies pretty much right away as well. And I mean, it's a great scene that kind of sets how how the tone of the movie is, how it makes you believe that like nobody is safe on this mission. And yeah. then James Gunn kind of aims to kill people in a very darkly humorous type of way. As well as, like, the in a way, they're all kind of, like, losers in a bit of a sense. They're all kind of these, like, really, like, Z-list tier characters outside of, like, a couple. Um, outside of eh, pretty much Harley Quinn. Um, who even, even still kind of fits in that underdog nature of the Suicide Squad. Um, and of course, then it brings in the real, the real team with, uh, as you mentioned, Perfira, Bloodsport, Peacemaker, and of course, and Ratcatcher. Um, and let's see, am I, am I missing it? Ratcatcher 2. Yeah, Ratcatcher 2. <laughs> it's the heart and soul of the movie, pretty much, yeah. Ratcatcher 2. Yeah. <laughs> I guess we uh, should mention Rick Flag as well. Oh, yeah. Rick Flag, like, him and Harley are the only characters that pretty much survive. Um, of, of course, Harley g getting gifted a javelin. 
Yes. Uh, by the car- by the dying javelin. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, I guess going off of this, is there any, like, how did you feel about the squad, the, about the real team? Any, like, characters that stood out? Any any characters that you really liked? Um I, for one, really liked. Uh, I really liked that they brought in King Shark. I think he was great in the oh, yeah. Harley Quinn series, and so I think he's kind of the uh, uh, kind of the group here. Um, yeah, the big, the big dumb tanky guy who says like very few words. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, Groot can only say "I am Groot," but <laughs> King Shark, you see, he's like he he's pretty dumb, but he actually like tries to speak, and he's always trying to impress. Uh, blood sport and blood sport has having none of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The the other squad. Um, yeah. Besides King Shark, I mean, I I, I kind of like yeah each member of the team, which is for me pretty unusual for me to like every member. But I mean, like you had like peacemakers and blood sports like rivalry that just made it like even extra fun. Um, and then Polka Dot Man, like how his he had like his whole like trauma with uh, seeing every everybody as his mom as a potential kill. And then Ratcatcher too, um, she definitely had like this like yeah millennial kind of attitude, which was funny in the beginning, but then later on, um, her friendship and um, careness and motherly love i guess for all the other characters was really cool and and then you have of course king shark like he was just uh, funny with like saying like little words um i think yeah like this is like a team that i just really liked and found funny in every way yeah definitely good performances from the cast and uh, we keep talking about James Gunn, but James Gunn, I thought, did a great job with this movie. We keep talking about his storytelling abilities and and his uh, comedic sensibilities. Um, his script for this movie was great. You know, we talked about the pacing. You know, the pacing is great. Um, but just jokes wise, like he tells so many great jokes in the script. Right. Uh, it is just like flat out hilarious. And um, yeah, I guess, you know, with comedy, oftentimes it's a combination. It's probably a combination of the script and the performances here. Um, But yeah, a lot of funny lines from numerous different characters, you know. Um, And I think uh, I I think we should probably call out Idris Elba as uh, Bloodsport because he doesn't really have those um, like laugh out loud funny dialogue moments but his reactions are hilarious like him reacting off of these crazy lines of dialogue from other characters is great like he's he's just so great with just this this like oh my god type uh reaction uh reactions to to those lines yeah he's great in this yeah um that's right polka dot man was the guy i forgot earlier but i just elba i think Bloodsport really makes like like the core of the team he's like i would call him like the main character of this movie um and he's the most you get he's like the character you kind of know know most about i think like 
his fear of rats, I think, is is like something that keeps coming up in the movie, and the way they kind of use that, and how towards the end of the movie he's literally covered in rats. <laughs> yeah, which um, I thought was pretty funny, uh, and like, of course, like Perfier said, his his uh, peace like him and Peacemaker. I thought they made some great foils for each other. Um, I, I did really enjoy the scene where they're they're both shooting the guys in the uh, in the camp, <laughs> trying to one up each other with the best kill. Mm-hmm. Um, which uh, I really uh, I loved that line. It was uh, nobody likes a show off unless what you're showing off is dope as fuck. <laughs> fuck, he's right. <laughs> <laughs> And after all that, come to find that they basically killed the wrong people. <laughs> and their reaction to that realization is pretty amazing. Yeah. Like, right. that was a great scene. Um, <laughs> and, uh, like, also, like, another character I thought, like, wasn't really all that funny, but I thought was, like, really, really well done was Amanda Waller. I think her stoicism and like kind of very evil demeanor like kind of balances off the like the kind of wackiness of the plot now and so like she's in a, like she i think she works as a really great villain for the story um and like probably like eh, probably the most developed i guess villain in a way even though she's kind of the one you know she's the one who sends him on the mission Mm-hmm. She's such an evil, despicable character, always playing 4D chess. Right. That I thought it worked really well in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, like I guess we, you know, we talked about what we liked, the characters we did like. Um, so is there anything that popped out to you guys? Of something you didn't like? Anything or any character in particular? Well, um, you know, I mentioned it before, but inevitably with this movie, I couldn't help but compare it to Guardians of the Galaxy. And it's kind of an unfair comparison because they are totally different movies. Preferi, you're saying Guardians is more family oriented. This is definitely like adult entertainment. It's super violent. It's gross. It's kind of disgusting uh it's it's very dark humor um so it's it's probably not the best idea to compare those two movies um but you know like i said it's kind of inevitable that you do it because it's it's a james gunn superhero movie so you got to do it right um what worked really great with guardians is that even though it's very funny and the characters are kind of a mess, you know, they they kind of can't get their lives together. Ultimately, the movie has a lot of heart, right? Um, you know, despite being uh, a real scoundrel, Star-Lord ultimately, you know, has a heart and you kind of feel for him. And, and you know, the, the whole squad, you know, you, you know, you just... It, you have, you know, emotional feelings for these characters, right? So with this movie, 
that was the missing piece, I think. There's really no heart to this movie. And I don't think that was what James Gunn was going for. You know, I don't think he was, you know, setting out to have a movie that has heart. He, he wasn't trying to make another Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, and uh, so I, you know, can't fault him for that. But uh, in at the end of the day, it just felt like, well, this is hilarious, ultra violent, gross movie. A lot of fun. Yeah, but um, not a whole lot of heart. So, you know, maybe what I'm getting at is that, you know, it doesn't have a lot of the appeal of other movies where you really care about the character and, and they're like beloved to you and and they ha you have like an emotional connection. Like there's, there's, there's none of that happening here, right? So again, I don't think it's the movie that Gunn was setting out to make, but um, I think it it's worth noting that, you know, you shouldn't go into this movie thinking, oh, I'm, you know, the, the way I fell in love with, with uh, Drax and Star-Lord and Groot and that whole crew, like, uh, like, you're hope if you're hoping for that yeah you're, you're going to be disappointed right um this is this is almost like a complete 180 from that like gun is saying like you don't fall in love with these characters because first of all i'm going to kill off kill off most most of them in the very beginning and then you're also going to find out a lot of these characters are total scumbags too um so um yeah there's that that's i guess that's the missing piece of it for me is is just uh, that emotional connection there is no heart with this movie I, I guess for me the one thing I didn't like or that I wish it had more was a lot more action scenes um, like it was just kind of constant like joke after joke and like nothing wrong with that but even there just times I was just like okay like like, can we have some kind of action? Because that's where some spots where I like, like, like um, you know, like the whole like uh, Bloodsport and Peacemaker rivalry in the beginning. I thought that was fun. I thought that was cool. And um, even like when Harley Quinn is escaping from the chains, uh, a cool, fun scene. Um, but I just kind of wish there was a little bit more action. Like, I kind of wish I saw more of Peacemaker going up against villains or Polka Dot Man, like, using his powers or even, like, King Shark, like, totally taking out an army or something like that. Um, and then, like, the few action scenes that they did have, uh, it wasn't meant to be taken seriously. Like... You know, as much as I did like Harley Quinn's, like, escape scene, like, come on. Like, there are guys with guns who, like, she totally killed with a spear. And I was just like, <laughs> in what world does this make sense? Um, yeah. Or even the fight against the big baddie, like, like King Shark, like, all he does is, like, bite onto the the starfish's arm with what's his what's his name again star you starro yeah more like star me though <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah like that whole action scene i was just like what's going on this is so stupid <laughs> um but yeah i just kind of wish there was more action scenes yeah i i I do think that 
the action took a backseat to the comedy. I think everything took a backseat to the comedy, right? I think Gunn was literally like, I'm going to make a comedy and everything else is like, takes a backseat. Like if I can get laughs, like I, I will sacrifice action scenes. I will sacrifice character development. Uh, the stuff I was talking about, the, the emotional center, the heart of the movie, mm -hmm. I'll sacrifice that. You know, if, if I can get those laughs, I'm good. And like, he, he just set out to make comedy, you know, a, a dark comedy, uh, but certainly a comedy. And uh, I think it, it works as a comedy. Um, but like, like I've been saying, I think he kind of sacrifices most of everything else, you know, and not to say that there wasn't good action. Like, I agree with you, Preferio. There, there could have been more, I think. But um, mm -hmm. some of the action, that was cool. Like the, the Harley Quinn escape scene was great. Um, there was that battle between uh, Peacemaker and Rick Flag. I think that was kind of cool. Um, but yeah, maybe maybe could have used a little more. But you know, if it was, you know, to, uh, you know, to to, to the if we if you lost some of the comedic moments in the movie maybe not maybe we just leave it as is <laughs> because it is a hilarious movie mm -hmm. yeah and i think um I, I guess like i think my problem is like well like i guess it kind of ties into some of the action scenes um is that while there was some really good stuff that we saw in the action scenes the way we talked the way they were one-upping each other um or like Harley's big big escape, like um, if you think about like I, I guess everyone's kind of a villain in the movie, but like, if you think about like who are the big antagonists, there's actually quite a big list because you have the uh, there's the three guys who who are working in the tower on uh, I think the island of Cordo Maltese. You had the general, you had the prince, the or the president who Harley killed, and you had the thinker, the guy with the uh, the tubes in his head. Uh, you had Amanda Waller, of course, and then Peacemaker, and then yeah. of course you had the big the big kaiju at the end, Starro. Mm -hmm. And so, well, I think the latter three I, I mentioned, like you know, like they definitely stick out in their own their own way. Um, I think like the original three, like the three actual like Cordo Maltesian like government government guys working on Starro, they kind of they serve their purpose. Um, like the president was just kind of there to get killed by Harley. The other guy was just kind of the general for the military and it's kind of meant to build up Starro and mm -hmm. as as like the big bad. But like I think like any scene like a lot of the scenes with them I think were largely forgettable and that's kind of where the action really revolves around for the first like at least half of the movie before they get to the big bad Starro, which while I did love Starro, he had a very great design. And like I thought, the way that he shot the little mini guys out of his armpit, that like <laughs> latched onto your face, like it, 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 like it gives the movie like this very disturbing take. Like, take you have this giant green purple monster from like Silver Age DC, and seeing it on screen, like you're like, well, that's that's pretty disturbing the way they <laughs> shot it. Yeah, and uh, but he is that is like the last like few minutes. It's really quick. Which of course, he gets he gets taken out by another something else that I found like oh man I couldn't help, I loved this scene but I couldn't help but like cringe is just when he's being taken over by all the rats 
when you just have the flood of rats and the rats <laughs> yeah. get into the get into his eye at the end. Yeah. Start eating. <laughs> eating yeah, and, then Harley Quinn, and then Harley Quinn has like a like moment of like I don't know, peace of uh, being <laughs> baptized in the eye or something. Just fascinated being yeah. in there. Yeah. Oh, it was great. Like <laughs> Yeah. That that ending was completely bonkers. Mm-hmm. But I will say that kind of like what you're saying earlier, Christian, a lot of this weirdness was set up earlier where uh, we had that whole javelin thing. Harley Quinn uses the javelin on Starro at the end. Right. And the the fear of rats you're talking about with uh, Bloodsport, that that's another big payoff. Right? His his biggest fear is rats. And then the movie literally ends with like a huge, huge mob of rats, right? Mm-hmm. Saving the day, essentially. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. The, you know, we, we complain about this stuff a lot um, as plot holes in other movies where things aren't set up well. Um, again, going back to James Gunn, like pretty solid screenwriting. You know, he, he, he sets his stuff up, you know? As crazy as this stuff is, it's thought through, right? And, and he does set up these moments. Um, I did want to comment too. I'm glad you you noted this, Christian. That Starro is pretty gross and disturbing. Like that that was kind of off putting for me too, because you know I thought it was this pretty cool looking nemesis at the end. This this great beast they had to overcome. I, I'm not sure why the decision was made to make. Starro so disturbing like the way that Starro like conquers is it's really it's it's really like yeah off-putting I think that's a good way of putting it because you know Starro just doesn't just kill people right he like enslaves them right like a lot of these people are 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 subject to I don't know torture for like decades it was just it was just really I, I think maybe too much. I I was I was kind of like disturbed <laughs> through the whole that 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 whole thing, right? And uh, I'm not sure why that decision was made to, to do that. Um I think a lot of a lot of people when they think of Starro, like comics people, um, you know, you think of like oh Silver Age and the introduction of the Justice League and this kind of um squishy looking thing <laughs> kind of cute squishy thing that, that the just league has to defeat um but they don't think of weird crazy shit like we saw in this movie right uh, so it's it, i feel like it was maybe like shock value that gun was going for um but uh yeah that didn't really work for me it was just it was just kind of gross and uh yeah <laughs> i didn't dig that part too much yeah, this this is like something out of a horror movie, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. It, it, the movie kind of just like takes it's like this big left turn into into complete horror territory. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I know because it's not just like Star. Like, I think the the stars that he shoots out, like out of his armpit, which also kind of adds to it. They latch onto your face like the face huggers from Alien. Mm-hmm. And so, 
I think that kind of adds to that like horrorness yeah. uh, of the, of the whole thing. And uh and the way they defeat him is an army of rats <laughs> which adds to that like cringe that like oh man, yeah. That like kind of cringe remember? that like kind of stomach churning kind of grossness that they were really yeah. going for. There was definitely a gross out factor at the end of this movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, what did you think of Starro Porphyria? Was it too much for you? No, actually, I, I, it, I, for me, I thought Starro was one of the biggest highlights for me in the movie. Yeah. Like, I, I enjoyed the villain. I thought the design was really cool. I was just, I was really laughing when um, that one tech person back at the headquarters was like we gotta kite you up in this shit now like i was just like yes like i don't know because i guess because i love those like godzilla films and everything and um just hearing like yeah like sorrow like scream and totally like just tackle shit down i was just like oh my god just i'm living for this moment i love his whole design and um that he wasn't i guess like a mindless beast he was kind of like you know like he was able to communicate with those the people that he um mind controlled and stuff um i actually wish there was more action between the suicide squad and uh starro um and i yeah like i said i i was a big fan of of this villain it it definitely brought that comedic or that comic book um style back to this movie which i felt was just kind of like missing from most of the movie just felt like a movie that was just like a bunch of characters thrown in together for like fuck's sake of it and just for comedic purpose but i think like starro just like was like that true brought in that true like traits mark comic book feel to the movie if that makes any sense yeah i see what you mean like and like i think with starro like he's not the most used dc villain of course um mm -hmm. because he you know he is just a big kaiju um he has his place in dc history but like in the comic, like I think this movie kind of captures more of a horror to him than I think you would normally see in a comic, because just seeing it on this, you know, this big budget, all these characters, and you actually get to see like the, those like little tendrils that come out of the back of the starfish that latch on, and then I think there's a point where they like they're in the lab and they rip off one of the the stars off of somebody's face and they like mm -hmm. rips their face off. Mm -hmm. Like I think. What I think was good uh, with Starro, as opposed to say uh, like Doomsday from BBS, is that they like kind of slowly build up this this threat of Starro and how you have to go into the tower and see what's in the tower and like you get little bits of them here, here and there, and the way they talk about how they're doing experiments with this monster, and it's like really built up to, and you're like thinking like, oh man, even if even if Starro himself isn't in the movie very long. You were kind of, it was like a movie, it was like, it's a nice payoff for the Suicide Squad to see, like, the full, like, their powers in full force, uh, as well as a nice little cap-off end sequence, and, um, 
Whereas, like, you know, he doesn't just show up at the end just because they need a big end sequence, you know, like in BVS. So I yeah. Like that. Well, well, I was, yeah. I was going to ask, so for both of you guys, which one was the better villain? Starro or Enchantress? Definitely Starro. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i'd go with starro also mm. even though i'm saying starro is gross and disgusting and disturbing mm. uh like you're saying christian they actually set up this big finale right um there was you know there was actual thought and effort with the storytelling unlike the previous suicide squad movie which was a big mess mm-hmm. yeah like I don't know. Would you guys even want to compare the two movies? I think we all kind of know how we're feeling on one versus two. <laughs> Do you guys even remember what happened? In, in well, there's there's the other inevitable comparison, right? Not only the Guardians comparison, but the two Suicide Squad movie uh, movies, right? But yeah, you know, I, like a lot of people, I think this is a superior movie. It's just it just made a lot better, you know, and it's a whole lot funnier. Um, it's, it's, it's superior almost in almost every way, I would say. Yeah. Like, I think this, it kind of marks like, like what I, what almost feels like two different eras of like this DCEU movie. Um, which I guess we'll get into a little bit later where you can tell with the first movie, like with, with suicide squad one, um, they were really trying to echo Marvel. They really wanted to build up their big super universe hero universe. They had a lot of references to like things that happened that they didn't really feel like building up like Batman shows up in the beginning and like the flash shows up and, um, they really had like all those pop songs cause they wanted to emulate James Gunn's kind of style with guardians while also building this big brand of DC. But of course that movie sucked and failed. <laughs> <laughs> so whereas now, like I think because they've kind of, they kind of hit like a bit of a rock bottom with justice league, the Whedon cut, um, it, it seems like they, they've gotten this idea where they can, they just kind of give, a director a project and they just say okay just do what you want like that's what they did with this movie it feels like what they did with this movie that um of course they brought Zack snyder back in to finish justice league so he can complete his own version of the product which we got earlier this year and did pretty well got a lot of like everyone was talking very highly about it we all liked it um and of course joker um yeah was, that's right was the other i think really big one and so I guess let's we could, let's talk about the uh, the larger DCEU as a whole, or uh, as we were talking about before this like pseudo Harley Quinn trilogy. So where do you guys think think this movie really like kind of fits in the DCU? Is it part of this this like larger universe? Does it fit in with this trilogy of Harley Quinn? Is there like where you kind of see a, an arc? Like, what do you guys think? Like, where does this movie fit in with the DCU, quote unquote? 
I have to be honest, I have no idea where any of this fits together at this point. Um, it seems like Warner Brothers has pretty much abandoned the whole shared universe thing. And yet it all seems to be connected a little bit. You know, um, it seems like that the Suicide Squad is loosely connected to Birds of Pl- Birds of Prey and is loosely connected to the previous Suicide Squad movie. Um, you know, bottom line is Harley Quinn is in all three of these movies and is played by the same actress. Um, and there is like some subtle reference to the previous two Harley Quinn movies, you know? Uh, so are they connected? I would say yes, but I, I would also say that they are very loosely connected. Um, so, and I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of approaching this, like, um, just treat each movie as standalone because any connection that there is now with the DC movies, it, it is very loose and it's, it's it's not like uh, the MCU where there is a very explicit connection, you know. Um, so, yeah, that, that's my approach. I'm going to approach them as um, standalone. And then anytime there is a connection, you know, it's like it's like any superhero type movie. Uh, it's like fan service, right? It's like just little references, Easter eggs treat them like that right um i think it's kind of a a failing proposition to attempt a a connection with these dc movies (laughs) there's just not enough uh, to to connect there so i would say yeah treat them as standalone that's that's my stance yeah i agree with henry i i think it's connected but very like loosely connected like there are some like subtle hits here and there that there is some connection to the OG movie and a little bit to like the other um, DC films, like, or not even connections, but like uh, references that like, uh, that the, or acknowledgement that the risks of these DC characters exist. Like um, Amanda Waller reminds Bloodsport like why he's in jail because he uh, shot a kryptonite bullet to Superman. Um, so it's yeah. all very loosely connected. But I get like even though like we have like this timeline of the DC universe, I wouldn't be surprised if this timeline can also exist like post they make the Flashpoint paradox movie like. I could so I could still see existing in that whole timeline. Um, so yeah, it could exist whether in this universe, in a whole nother universe created, or even yeah, it's standalone universe. Yeah, uh, I definitely agree with you guys that it's very like loosely connected together. All th- like just kind of just based on the fact that you just see some of the same actors reprise their roles. Um, I think originally um, Bloodsport was supposed to be Deadshot, and I think you can kind of see a lot of similarities between the two characters. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Will Smith yeah. said no 
uh, you can't recast Deadshot, so they just made a different character. Um, and so, which, yeah, that's fine. I think that's all the better. Um, but I think, I think w- with the kind of way that DC kind of floundered, really trying to establish their own brand, I think they thought of like, I kind of like the fact that they just kind of pretty much said, fuck it, just do whatever you want. We don't care if there's like a through line with the, with like all of these movies that, that have come out because, um, I think that kind of, that separates them from the MCU, you know, like as much as, you know, I think the idea of like, oh, it would be cool if there was like, you know, we had like this, the specific phases with DC, you know, you have Batman, Wonder Woman, Superman, Flash, and then you have Justice League, the same way they kind of did Avengers. But I, I, you know, they kind of, they rushed that too hard, of course. Um, And so I think this kind of sets them apart where there's like, hey, you know, it's just kind of a, a sandbox, but we don't really care. Just just make what you want to make and then use whatever characters you want to use and then just kind of play with the lore with the way you want. I think um, it sets them apart. It makes their movies more unique and it kind of makes them, it makes them all kind of stand out. Um, I think DC's also really taken to the R rating and I think that's also going to be what, what sets them apart from Marvel and the MCU specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And like, I think being a DC fan, um, a lot of how I read DC and I think what makes them a lot of money are just the individual trades rather than, um, issue to issue comics like issue to issue comics definitely makes the money um but they're really good about reprinting trades they're really good about these kind of just one-off big name stories that may or may not take place in the real continuity uh namely batman year one is the biggest one same with like dark knight returns killing joke to name a few more batman comics that they've kind of develop they've kind of uh enveloped some elements of it in DC, in into the the canon but they're largely their own stories in their own separate universes and of course that's also the same for many other dc characters where they just give a comic writer a character and they just kind of say go make a little store make a story with that and so i think this kind of echoes that in its own way and this is kind of them really kind of finding their footing yeah, I like what you mentioned about Warner Brothers just kind of saying fuck it with the more recent DC movies. I think that's worked pretty well for them. You know, if you look at Joker, the Snyder Cut, and the Suicide Squad, there does seem to be a different feel with these movies than previous DC movies. There definitely is a fuck it factor, you know? Um the trappings of previous DC movies don't seem to be here. There seems to be more freedom in the filmmaking. So previously what we saw with BVS, Man of Steel, Suicide Squad, you know, oh, the, the Whedon cut Justice League 2, um, there was this feeling that they were really kind of trapped in this singular vision, like the, the Nolan... Dark Knight trilogy was so successful for them there. I could feel them seeing, I can feel them saying, okay, we need to recreate that 
make this a dark, serious world, right? So they really like, really went for it, you know, making those movies really serious and and dark. But at the same time, they're like, oh, look at what Marvel's doing. Let's let's uh, have this shared universe too. So with the shared universe and trying to emulate the Nolan stuff, I think there's just there's too much that they had to stick with, and there just really wasn't any room for creativity and and just a more diverse storytelling you know they were just kind of trapped i think and um and i just really feel like with these more recent offerings you know not perfect you know there, I, there's some shortcomings there too i think but the, i the, there seems to be this more free and easy style to them and i think uh that has worked pretty well for the most part and i'd like to see that continue yeah so where would you guys actually place this movie if this was we'll say this is a dcu movie um where would you guys place this in the larger canon of dc eu so i guess that counts you know man of steel batman v superman uh justice league uh both wonder woman movies aquaman um shazam and then the two other Harley Quinn team-up movies, Suicide Squad, Birds of Prey. I think that's pretty much all of them. So, yeah, where would you guys place The Suicide Squad in in, in a ranking of these? I mean, I have to, yeah, like, actually look at the list and um, think about where I would place them, but I think like for this version, I think I might place it pretty high, but uh, for the DC universe, that's not saying much because most of them are terrible. Like there are probably like one or two movies that come to mind that I could think of that are just like, oh, this is great. So um, maybe like in my top five, but uh, yeah, I would I would actually have to think about like where it places in that top five. Yeah, I might be around that range as well. I have historically been a harsh critic on the DCEU, a hater, if you will. Um, <laughs> uh, I did enjoy the Suicide Squad, definitely. And um, I have enjoyed, you know, a number of DC movies in recent times, like I've been saying. Um I'll go back to what I said earlier. I, I, I don't know what is the DCEU and what isn't, you know, is it connected? Is it not like um, if we're talking all DC movies, you know, I can go way back. And a lot of there are a number of, of, of classic DC movies that that I really love. Uh, Superman, the movie and the original Tim Burton Batman are, are beloved to me. Um, more recent stuff. Um, I think the Wonder Woman movie is great. I think the Joker movie is great. Uh, so, yeah, those might be my four favorite all-time DC movies. Yeah, Superman the movie, the first Batman, uh, uh, Joker, Wonder Woman. Oh, I didn't even mention the Nolan stuff. Yeah, Dark Knight Rises is a is a is a, is a favorite of mine as well. Um, so I would say the Suicide Squad uh, doesn't uh, 
touch any of those movies I just listed. Um, but like I said, I, I, I did enjoy it. It's more of a mild recommendation. So maybe along the lines of, of uh, the Snyder Cut or Birds of Prey. So kind of that territory. So around there, and uh, I would say better than uh, a lot of the stuff I mentioned earlier, like BVS, Man of Steel, Suicide Squad, and uh, Whedon's Justice League, which are certainly lower tier. I would add Shazam and and Aquaman to that kind of lower tier as well. I really, yeah, I, I really like this movie. So I think as far as the DC EU specific canon, as I'd, I'd call it, um, I would actually probably put this at the top. Uh, for me personally, um, I did really like Snyder Cut. Um, so maybe that's maybe the Snyder Cut's really really good or really like the top movie but um i don't know i think this was like it was like very like the suicide squad was much more tightly written i think and like it made it work the first time you know and like it kind of like it, it took like kind of dc's like a lot of some of their like their z-list like worst characters and really like put them in the forefront and I thought it did a really good job of that. Um, and so I, I personally like. I think the dark humor, the like over the top, the over the top graphic violence in in some of what we've seen, and just really made me chuckle. Um, so I think personally over the top. I think uh, I wouldn't say it's like my favorite D overall DC movie. I still do love the Dark Knight and. Um, there, there's probably a couple others that I think make it over the Suicide Squad, but yeah, I would definitely say so far this is this is definitely my favorite DCEU movie. Nice. Yeah, I had a feeling uh, when we were watching this together that Christian was enjoying the movie. <laughs> so I was like, it seems like his kind of movie. <laughs> it really is my cup of tea. I don't know. It really is. Yeah. Right on. <laughs> like I was I was very into this movie like the whole time watching it. I... So, all right. Uh let's see. Do you guys have anything else you want to talk about before we get into final ratings? I did want to mention some of the great jokes in the movie and um I I don't normally do this, but I did this for this movie where I, I stopped it and went back and wrote down some of the dialogue because it was so funny. And uh, I'm not going to do it justice, obviously, but I, I, I have to call out some of the lines. Um, so there's a line uh, from a Peacemaker. <laughs> there's this great uh, preparation scene where Amanda Waller has this like presentation of like what their mission oh, yeah. is going to wow. be. And uh, she talks about um, Starro and and everything mentioned starfish, right? <laughs> Peacemaker says, starfish is a slang for a butthole. Think there's a connection? <laughs> <laughs> and it is great. And, uh, and then uh, and, and it goes on. Yeah, Amanda Waller says, no. And he says, "Okay, no connection." He actually writes it, writes it down as no, no right. connection. No connection. Yeah. <laughs> so great. Um, 
and uh oh yeah before i get off that like uh i mean I, i'm i'm kind of gushing over james gunn but i'm gonna continue here um james gunn writes stupid people so well i, I don't think there's a, a better writer of stupid characters than james gunn i mean if we go go to uh we talked about uh king shark brilliant um with guardians there's uh there's drax you know like just like stupid dialogue is 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 his forte um another great peacemaker line is later in the movie they're talking about his 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 mask right someone refers to it as a toilet seat and he said it's not it's not a toilet seat it's a beacon of freedom (laughs) so good oh man i was just like laughing out loud throughout the movie uh, let me just call it one more. Um, uh, you know, we talked about Polka Dot Man. Uh, he, he's got a, a few great moments in the movie, but I love this line where he's talking about uh, about killing people, right? He says, I don't like to kill people, but if I pretend they're my mom, it's easy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. It's just so brilliant. <laughs> I mean, that that line is just like that is James Gunn's brand of humor right there. It's fucked up, but it's hilarious, right? Mm. So that sums it up. Then I did love how they kind of took it like a step further, and you actually see what he sees. Yeah, how he sees his mom everywhere. <laughs> yeah. yeah, throughout the movie, right? And if you just saw that without that one line, it would it'd be kind of funny and weird. But because you know the backstory of the character, you know he has mom issues, it becomes that much funnier, right? So again, the setup is important. Like that's comedy is all setup, right? If you you have to set up your jokes and 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 that is done throughout the movie quite well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess one last question I would have to ask is. Um, should they make a sequel and would you uh like would you be interested in a sequel Ooh, yeah like with, i wonder i wonder would it be called would it be called the suicide squad the suicide squad film like the suicide squad <laughs> part two <laughs> like I, I don't know I think the but, real um, suicide squad yeah. <laughs> Suicider squad, suicide. But um, yeah, would would you guys should they make a sequel or do and do you think they will make a sequel? Uh, hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Well, they're kind of setting up for it, right? Because at the end of the movie, we find out Peacemaker and Weasel are still alive, right? So they're kind of leaving the door open. Well, for that, I know I don't know what they're gonna do for Weasel, but for Peacemaker, he's getting his own HBO Max spinoff TV show. Oh, that's right, that's right. Uh-huh. So the reveal that Peacemaker is still alive is clearly a tease for that show. Uh, yeah. But then, but then, yeah, we do find out Weasel is still alive, so that kind of leaves the door open to a possible sequel to this movie, right? More based off weasel spinoff. I was gonna say, yeah, based off because weasel turned out not to drown in the first five minutes. <laughs> yeah. 
thought that was a fun. I thought that was a pretty funny gag. I really, I, I laughed pretty hard when he started like walking. He had this like awkward walk away. Um, <laughs> I, it's like I don't know. It's like I, I can't help but wonder. It's like is this movie lightning in a bottle? Like, is this only work because it's made with James Gunn this one time with these these characters? Like he kind of took like. Like the wor- like some of the, some of the worst, but DC of course has like a plethora of like weird Silver Age characters that they don't really talk about anymore, like uh, characters like Matter Eater Lad, uh, you know, Condiment <laughs> King, you know, Crazy Quilt, like um, that they're kind of starting to really like fold back in into their movies and, and their like lore. Funnily enough. And so, like, I feel like it could, um, and, like, I'd, I think I like this movie so much, I would probably, I would, you know, I'd definitely watch watch the sequel. Um, I think it would probably have to be made by James Gunn again. Mm-hmm. Um, I think another director could do it, but I think, like, a lot of what makes this movie work, as we were talking about, is just, like, his his style, his writing, his humor, um, and he would probably have to use like a lot of new kind of also zany characters. And so I think anything's possible, but I don't know. Like, would you guys see a Suicide Squad movie without Harley? Like, cause she's kind of the face. She's not like the main character of these movies, but she is kind of the face. She's kind of the big seller of the movie. But she's also the, like the one character that you do, you know is not going to die. Yeah. Yeah, that that's a tough question. Should there be a sequel? Yeah, I'm kind of leaning towards no. Just because we keep mentioning shock value and you know, if they made a sequel, then right away we're going to be like, okay, what are they going to try to shock us with, right? There there won't be that the freshness of this movie where, you know, I certainly was super surprised, shocked at some moments, you know, you just lose that in the sequel because you know what they did in the previous movie. Right. So yeah, you mentioned lightning in a bottle, Christian. I feel like, you know, I feel like that with this movie, you know, like the, the fact that this movie got made at all, we talked about how it was really unlikely, um, you know, it, it seems like like the, the stars were aligned on this one and they should probably just leave it alone at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I think it, it just feels like it's better served as uh, just a uh, standalone. Yeah, I think that would be best probably mm-hmm. overall. I I think, yeah, like I kind of agree with both of you. I think this movie should stand like like they should kind of keep a rest from Suicide Squad for a while. Um, but if they were to do it again, I think the only way for it to work is for them to yeah, bring James Gunn back onto this and not make it something so serious. Um, and then whether or not it would work with or without Harley, I just don't see how it doesn't work without Harley. Just because she... Uh, in both films, she was like the face and the highlight of the mo- of the the team, and just that 
a character who got shit done and also brought in the comedy. So without her in it, like whether or not like the actress didn't want to renew her contract or they killed off Harley off screen, I just don't see it having the same success without her. Yeah, if they made a Suicide Squad movie without Harley Quinn, I mean, I know a lot of people wouldn't want to go see the movie. I think Perfirio is probably in that camp, right? Uh, yes. Right? Um, like, yeah. <laughs> that's, that said, like, that said, and the fact that I don't think there should be a sequel, if they made a sequel, I don't think it has to have Harley Quinn in it because, look, look at what happened in the beginning of this movie. Like, tons of characters were killed and they had all these new suicide squad members, you know, come to the forefront. It was a whole different team from the previous movie. And, you know, that's kind of the point of the suicide squad, right? It's not like this one set of beloved superheroes, right? It's this kind of rotating group of misfits. Um, So I think it's, in the spirit of the suicide squad to have a completely different group of people. And um, yeah, I, I, I don't think it would have to have Harley in it. It doesn't have to have any of these characters in it, right? It could be a whole, a whole new squad of misfits. Um, so yeah, that's, that's my take on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it, it, I think the idea itself is something that could, you could do as many times as you want because the idea is so simple. It's just like the government just needs a band of expendable criminals that they can just send on a mission. Like the setup is just like the next mission, you know, and they could just bring in any kind of like random super powered threat that they want. Yep. And so like the idea is there for, uh, you know, the sequel or for as long as they make it. It's almost like I think what I'd rather see is just like some of the other characters like kind of branch off and appear in maybe other projects. Like we're talking about, Mm -hmm. we were talking about, you know, Peacemaker getting a show. Um, Like Harley's too popular. So Harley's, there might be another Harley Quinn project in the works down the line. Um, I think uh, Amanda Waller is a character I would like to see a lot more of as well i think she's a great villain and kind of fills that lex luther type vibe mm-hmm. um and so like and even Bloodsport, sport I, I i i really liked blood sport and i think like I, I could see him in a movie i thought his the way he had his guns come off of his his actual uniform was cool um and and I think that might be a good way to to like expand the world of the Suicide Squad, quote unquote. Um, I'm not sure where or if they'd be in different teams or their own projects or movies, but uh, just use them in some fashion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree there. I, I don't think there should be a sequel to this movie, but um, spinoffs definitely. You know that Peacemaker show we've been talking about. That sounds interesting, and just having these characters show up somewhere somehow I, I wouldn't be opposed to that yeah so all right uh i guess uh why don't we get into our final ratings 
Yay. So, yeah. What did you guys think of the Suicide Squad? Who wants to go first? Uh, I can go. Uh, so I kind of alluded to it earlier, but this is more of a mild recommendation for me, I think. So three out of five. Um, yeah, I think it has a lot going for it. I keep saying this, but it is a hilarious movie. It's a comedy. <laughs> more than anything, it's a comedy, I think. Um, yeah, more than a superhero movie, more than an action movie, more than a horror movie, uh, it's a comedy. And on that level, it delivers. It's very funny. And um, yeah, I, I was laughing all throughout. And now that said, um, I also talked a little bit about how the movie's kind of gross. <laughs> it's kind of a gross and disturbing movie. <laughs> let's just let's just say that. Um, yeah, you know, I, even even without like the Guardians of the Galaxy comparison, just like subjectively, it's pretty gross um, and. Uh, violent yes yeah the, the violence didn't uh didn't disturb me as much as as like the, the gross out factor <laughs> yeah it's hard for me to describe but yeah it, it's a gross movie <laughs> it's, it's a disgusting <laughs> gross movie <laughs> not for everyone um but uh shoot yeah with with james gunn you really got the sense that he got to make the exact movie that got made, right? Like I, I get, in my mind, I, 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 I see this scenario playing out where he gets fired from Disney and the moment he gets fired, I could see like the Warner Brothers execs kind of, let's fucking call James Gunn. We need to hire him right now, right? So they're, they're so they, they, they're, they're pitching him like, you know, you, you name it, you can do anything for us. Like we'll, we'll you can do anything and you could do it any way you want to make it. And he's like, uh, yeah, have you guys thought about like trying suicide squad again? He's like, Hey, if you want to do that, go for it. And, and he's just like, can I do this? Can I do that? And they're just like, anything you want, James, anything you want to do. And I can just see him like, hey, this is fucking great, man. And he just starts writing this script that has all this wild shit in it. Right. And then everything he wrote, like ends up on screen. Right. And he just got to make the movie he wanted to make. So um, like I'm saying, some of it worked well, particularly the comedy. Some of it didn't work so well. It's kind of too gross for me. But you do get the sense that what you see is, is his exact vision, right? He really got to make the movie he wanted to make. And, uh, you know, that, that alone, I think, warrants a recommendation. Anytime you, you get to see a filmmaker just like, get to do their thing. I think I talked about this with the Snyder Cut too, right? I kind of got the same sense there, right? Um, as opposed to the Whedon Cut where it seemed like there was a lot of like too many cooks in the kitchen type of situations happening. Um, he got to make the movie he wanted to make. So it, it's it's cool to see when that happens. And, and last note on that, <laughs> I think it's kind of interesting that DC has done this. They've essentially... Had a, had a redo 
twice now, right? With Justice League, it was like, mm, that didn't work out so great. Let's try it again. Snyder Cut. And with Suicide Squad, they're, they're like, hmm, yeah, that didn't work out so great. Let's try it again. And then, uh, again, it worked out pretty well. So I don't know, maybe they're onto something here. <laughs> but uh, yeah, definitely enjoyed it. Uh, three out of five for me. Yeah, both in the same year. This is the year of DC yeah, movies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, what did, what did you think, Porfirio? You know, it's so funny. When we do these ratings, I'm usually, like, off with Henry. But this time, I'm, like, straight on the nail of Henry. I give this a 3 out of 5. Um, it was funny. Yes, I enjoyed it. I was laughing throughout most of the movie. Um, I liked the characters. I loved the music. I, I loved the structure. Um, but... You know, there are just some parts where I was just like, this is too much. Like, I can't with this. Like, like the jokes, uh, I guess. And um, I guess, yeah, like like Henry was saying, just a little uh, disturbing. And um, I would have to wait a while before I want to watch it again. But I, I would still recommend it just be like, yeah. Like go watch it if you want a good laugh or you just want to watch a stupid ass superhero movie. Um, that's actually pretty good, but uh, it it just I guess like the the humor wasn't my cup of tea, and I just wish there was more action. But um, I still recommend. Uh, but I would in the end I would still just give it a three out of five. All right. Well. As I've said before, uh, this movie did like really speak to me. Like I, I enjoyed the the kind of like too much nature of the film. <laughs> I, I, I enjoyed the like I really like that kind of like gross out humor and like the the just shock value of the characters and the situations they were largely put in. Um, as far as a rating for me, I was like kind of teetering. I think a lot between like four and a five. Um, I think kind of what what does hold this back movie for me overall. Like I said, it was like kind of um, a couple villains that kind of you know of like the four, the like five or six, kind of fall by the wayside. Um, I think going off Perfira's earlier comment, like yeah, I could use a little more action, a couple scenes. Or a little more developed action. Um, this movie does throw like a lot of characters at you, and kind of like kind of references references that. Um, say with like Milton, who ju- who just <laughs> oh, kind of dies, and the characters kind of forget that he was even there. Um, and so this movie is kind of a lot, but I I definitely uh, like I said I already watched this movie a second time. And, you know, I'll probably just watch it, you know. I'll have in that ongoing superhero movie rotation that we all like to have. Uh, I think this movie fits pretty well in that late night moot type of movie. So, um, but I wouldn't say it's, like, uh, my favorite superhero movie. I don't don't think it speaks to me as some of, like, I think DC's, like, real highlights. Um like the dark knight and like some of the other movies we brought up earlier as some of their best of the best movies. So, uh, I think I'll give it a four. Um, 
but it's a very strong four into a light five and like a very he- like a very hearty recommendation i think that mm-hmm. this movie it feels very um even though it, it like it doesn't always land for a lot of people and it's not everyone's cup of tea this movie does feel like pretty unique in the way it's presented and the way it uses its like even z- more like z-list characters than i think we've we've seen before so yeah hearty recommendation <laughs> go watch this movie <laughs> right on you know one other unique appeal aspect i thought of with this movie is the fact that james gunn has made a good marvel movie and a good dc movie and that's very rare right um it kind of you know brings to mind how jj abrams had success with star trek and star wars kind of uh succeeding on both sides of the fence if you will so if for no other reason go check check it out on that level you know someone actually succeeded in marvel movies as well as dc movies and that's uh that's a true rarity right there Mm -hmm. we'll see more in the future yeah i wonder yeah i wonder if we'll see more of that because unlike with comics where creators will sort of like jump ship go back and forth we don't see that too much in the movies so will we see more of that in the future who knows whether will the russo brothers will the russo brothers do a a dc project (laughs) i think they i think they do a pretty good justice league or yeah you never know what the future might hold yeah Mm -hmm. all right with that we can wrap up the episode this is farewell from henry porfirio and christian